The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. most blessed and happy solemnity of Pentecost to you all today. The Feast of Pentecost, you may not realize it, but it is one of the most important feasts of the year. In fact, really, in rankings, if there are such things, and there kind of is, it would be the third most important day of the year, after Easter, Christmas, and then Pentecost. It's a day when we actually now finally close the Easter season, where we have 50 days of rejoicing in this incredible moment that transforms the world, that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, that which we celebrate every Sunday, which then we have this full season to enter into and and really, really delve into the mystery that that resurrection brings about. But then in God's plan, Pentecost is an incredibly important day and one of incredible rejoicing. And as I think back to, I don't think I appreciated how much and how important Pentecost was as a kid, because I remember for some reason my biggest memories are just, for some reason it was oddly the week that my parish would try to coordinate everybody in the parish to wear red to Mass. And so sometimes you'd show up and like everybody is dressing in red and That was kind of my big takeaway. Okay, this is the day that we are in solidarity wearing our badger red. But I never quite understood just the history of it. And I kind of want to tell the history of it a little bit since through the lens of my parents. And I've shared a little bit about my parents in different times, but my dad was actually raised Catholic uh, most or all of his life. And my mom, when he met my mom, my mom was vehemently anti-Catholic. She actually um, belonged to a Protestant group that really just thought Catholics were just anti-scriptural, they didn't know the Bible, they didn't know the history. And my mom, realizing that my dad was a good man and would make a good husband and father, thought, well, this would be easy because, in her words, he doesn't know jack squat about scripture, that it would be easy just to show him how unbiblical the church is, and soon enough that they, that they would together be united in this faith, her faith at the time. But you, interestingly enough, they were met or introduced to each other 
through their Jewish friends. Each of them had a mutual Jewish friend that introduced themselves to each other. So you've got Catholic, Protestant, and Jewish all together, right? What a story. But I bring that Jewish aspect because it was in part one of the biggest reasons for my mom's conversion to the Catholic faith, despite her best attempt to bring my dad out, nearly 20 years into marriage, was understanding the Jewish roots of everything we do as Catholic Christians. I bring that into especially for this feast we celebrate today of Pentecost. Because Pentecost at its origin is a Jewish celebration. In fact, to this day, Jews all over the world this weekend celebrate the feast of Shavuot, or in English, Pentecost. They still celebrate Pentecost today. And as you read the Acts of the Apostles in the first reading, it says when the Jews had gathered in Jerusalem for the feast of Pentecost. Not a Christian feast of Pentecost. It was Jews from all over the world that were coming to celebrate what is called the Feast of Weeks, or Shavuot, or the Greek translation is Pentecost. And so Jews from all over the world, that's why there are so many people from all over the world are coming to Jerusalem to worship in the temple and to celebrate this feast. And the Feast of Weeks, or the Feast of Pentecost, always came seven weeks after the Feast of Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread in the spring. So seven weeks time of seven days equals 49. You celebrate the next day. Pentecost, you can recognize the stem penta of five, 50. 50 days after the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. And so what were the Jews celebrating? Well, this is what I think is so powerful for us as Catholic Christians understanding what we celebrate at Pentecost. Because the first reason that the Jews celebrated Pentecost, well, one was just God commanded them to do so, but it was a harvest festival. It was a festival to harvest the first fruits of the spring that you would plant, you know, around the time of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that you would plant in the early spring, and it wouldn't be the full set of crops, but this sort of midpoint of spring into summer would be the first harvest, the first time that we have produce that we can actually consume. So it was a celebration of the first fruits and giving thanksgiving to God for that harvest. The second thing that the Jews celebrated for the Feast of Pentecost was the giving of the law to the Jewish people through Moses at Mount Sinai. That was what they would celebrate. They would come to Jerusalem in the temple and celebrate that God had spoken to his people, given them the law, the Torah, the Ten Commandments, and unlike any other nation around the world, this God had come close to them and showed them a path of how to live. So the Jewish Feast of Pentecost is celebrating the first fruits of harvest and the giving of the law. Now what do we celebrate as Catholic Christians? This is what's so amazing. We celebrate the same thing, but ever so slightly different and fulfilled. Because what happens at Pentecost? The power of the Holy Spirit, God himself fully reveals who he is. For the first time in all of history, Trinity, in the full, 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. A mystery so great that next Sunday is dedicated just to that, the Trinity. But the revelation of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost then inflames the apostles and the Blessed Mother to go forth and proclaim the good news to the nations, to the nations that conveniently in God's plan were assembled in Jerusalem. And 3,000-some individuals were baptized and believed in the power of Jesus Christ. The first harvest, the first fruits of the Christian faith that were planted at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's incredible. And that's what we celebrate. The second thing that Pentecost celebrates is, in the Christian faith, is the giving not of the old law written on stone, but the giving of the new law, the Holy Spirit himself. That God, because he loves you so much, does not want to just give you a set of instructions to follow written on stone. No, he wants to dwell in your hearts. The new law is the Holy Spirit who dwells in your hearts and souls, that gives you the power, the capacity to actually follow the ways of God. It's been said the old law, the Ten Commandments, good, true, they're like a referee. They can point you in the direction of what's right and how to, how to follow the rules, if you will. But our faith is not about rules. And that can't actually save. Only the power of God truly dwelling in your soul, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has the power to transform your heart and mind and bring you salvation and bring you the ability to follow God's commandments. It has the power to save because Pentecost brings the fullness of God who is salvation himself. And so we celebrate not some distant God that just gives us instructions, but a God who dwells intimately in your heart and soul and transforms our lives. The giving of the new law and the Holy Spirit. And so Pentecost is a beautiful feast that we cannot understand in full without these sort of Jewish roots. And the power of the Holy Spirit to truly transform our lives. My dear friends, we often don't focus enough on the Holy Spirit. It's been said that we need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We do. But we also need to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is a person. Just as we need to have a personal relationship with the person of the Father. God as he truly is in and of himself in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is how we pray the fullness of God revealed at Pentecost. And so today is a day to focus on the Holy Spirit. Ask for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to encourage just one simple gift of the Holy Spirit. There are seven. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, piety, fortitude, uh, courage. That was already said. I've got to work on my lists. Um, Wisdom, understanding, knowledge, fortitude, piety, counsel, and fear of the Lord. I did much better at the 930. But one of these I just want to focus on. Piety. The gift of the Holy Spirit of piety. 
Because sometimes I think we think and we hear the word piety, that's like, that's probably not something I actually want. That just means we have to kind of do whatever we're told, kind of be quiet and be all serene. But one of the most beautiful things about piety as a gift of the Holy Spirit is that piety brings, as a gift of the Holy Spirit, joy. Piety, as a gift of the Holy Spirit, brings joy. Because we are called to be at Mass every weekend. This is what the church asks of us, because the church knows that it's good for us and that we need it. There are real religious obligations and duties, and how many times do we just go about these? Just doing it because we have to. I did for the longest time. I still vividly remember when I was 22 years old, I had this revelation that I actually believed the faith. I did. I was going to Mass, but I didn't enjoy it. In fact, I came to this revelation. I said, I'm going to have to go to Mass every Sunday for the rest of my life. What a drag. That was my, that was my thought. Perhaps you've thought that too. Especially in the summer when you're traveling. What a drag that I have to adjust my weekend plans to make sure I get to Mass. And yet, does God want you to live that way? No. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. The fruits of the Spirit is joy. And so to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit of piety brings joy to our religious observations. Very soon after, when I found a good community, my approach to Mass totally changed. and I look forward to it every week, to the point that the Lord obviously led me to the priesthood. But this is available to every single one of us. The gift of the Holy Spirit of piety brings joy. And so let's search our minds and hearts. When we pray, are we praying out of obligation, or do we calling upon the Holy Spirit to bring joy to this? It's something that totally transforms. And it's something that actually brings real fruit in the world too. This Pentecost, we celebrate the church, the birthday of the church, the harvest, the first fruits of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we celebrate the giving of the new law, the Holy Spirit himself. Are we part of that harvest? Have we accepted Christ into our hearts and lived this beautiful mystery through the power of the Holy Spirit to unite us to God? And do we have joy? Let's pray for that, that our church is a true church filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with joy.